time. Time is running out. Calling all patriots and lovers of our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident, inalienable rights in Tennessee and the United States of America. If you are sickened by the liberty-eroding activities of a government that hates you, then it is time to wake up. If you are fed up with the tyrannical leadership on display by all levels of government, now is the time to listen to your reveille call. If you are equally tired of the political class, the new aristocracy, lying to you in their pursuit of power and control, now is the time to take a stand in the arena. Please welcome your host, Larry Linton, U.S. Navy veteran and candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives to the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. You can tell by the background sound that uh, I'm, in, I'm enjoying quite the heavy-duty thunderstorm right now. High winds, golf ball-sized hail, but it's all good. In case you did not listen to the weekend update, I informed the audience of my work schedule change. The client I am working with wants a three-week on-site, three-week off-site coaching presence. So, yet another challenge has been handed to me in this season of my life. A longer time away from my home to produce these episodes. In recording environments like today that are not quite as good as using the Goat Locker Studio. It is also a longer time away from my family. In addition, it will limit some of the engagements on my campaign trail and community involvement stuff that I will be able to participate in for the next couple of months. However, I will be taking a furlough from coaching for September, October, and through the election in November to focus on the campaign. So I'm back in the Permian Basin for this week's as well as the next couple of weeks' shows. On today's episode, we will be talking about leadership. More specifically, the element of trust that is necessary to be in a leadership position as well as followers. Before we get too deep into the topic, I'm plugging a couple of important events coming up locally and at the state level. The Sevier County Family Fun Day will be held at the Sevierville City Park on the 11th of June. At the event will be the Sevier County Right to Life organization at Pavilion C. Stop by and show them your support. On the state scene is the second annual Tennessee Freedom Summit. It is scheduled to take place on the 19th and 20th of August in Nashville. The event is hosted by Brandon Lewis and the Tennessee Conservative, the absolute best source of news for conservatives here in Tennessee. At this gathering will be some of Tennessee's most influential conservatives in media, policy, advocacy, and activism right now. The Welcome Mixer will be held on the evening of the 19th, and that will take place at the Bold Patriot Brewing. The following day will be the main event held at the Hilton Garden Inn. For more information and to get your tickets, go to TennesseeFreedomSummit.com. Again, that is TennesseeFreedomSummit.com. I was able to attend the inaugural summit last year, and it was fantastic. If you are a conservative, you should really make the effort to be there. Now let's get on to the topic. Leadership and the trust necessary to be an effective leader. Trust is a key trait linked with leadership and followership. A leader cannot lead or lead effectively if their followers do not trust them. Also, a leader that does not trust their followers degrades the functioning of the team. 
I can tell you that I have experienced both situations during my naval career in leadership positions and as a junior sailor. I have also seen it in my current consulting business across organizations big and small. If followers trust their leadership, it creates high-functioning teams or organizations. Conversely, if leaders trust the members of their organization, it leads to less micromanagement and it frees them up to focus on strategic goals and objectives. Let's take, for instance, a military unit or a military command. When leadership trusts their team members to perform their jobs, it allows them, the leaders, to focus their time and energy on things outside the organization that can negatively influence the outcome and performance of their teams. That also has the added benefit of building up the trust of the members of the organization. If leadership does not trust their team, this will lead them to micromanaging the actions and functions of the team. This erodes the support of the team, but, and more importantly, leadership's focus is not on any external forces that can adversely affect the team as a whole, and it has a cascading effect as well. It builds and builds upon itself until all trust, up and down the chain of command, is gone. Now, not only is it a toxic work environment, it degrades the combat effectiveness of that military unit. In the private sector, it erodes the effectiveness of the organization in much the same way. Now, in my current role as a consultant, trust is equally as important. I'm not formally part of an organization, but establishing trust with leadership and employees is crucial to accomplishing the goals. If that trust is broken in any way, either with leadership or the employees, I have made myself ineffective. Not only that, the brand that I represent is also impacted. So, consulting under my company's brand or under the umbrella of a larger brand as a contracted consultant, both brands would suffer reputational damage, limiting future opportunities. Because trust has been eroded. Trust is important for leaders because it helps them to navigate the environment or the position from which they are leading. A trusted leader or leaders will experience the following if they have the trust of their followers. Less scrutiny. When you trust someone, you are less likely to question what they do. That means it's easier for the leader or leaders to get things done. This is how local government, specifically the elected school boards across the country, have been allowed to do what they have been doing for decades now. The pandemic and lockdowns exposed to parents and taxpayers exactly what they were doing with our trust. More on that in a bit, though. If a leader or leader has the trust of their employees or the citizens, they can also experience greater influence. When these leaders have built trust, people are more likely to believe in their motives and expertise. Again, we can tie that to the way pre-pandemic local governments operated. Their actions during and after the pandemic resulted in the loss of belief in their motives and expertise. Because who would have thought in the United States of America, and even right here in Tennessee, the people would allow a government that is supposed to serve and represent them, would allow them to shut down their businesses and remove the people's ability to provide a living for themselves and their families. Just three years ago, very few Americans would have believed that their government would ever conceive to label jobs that the, we, the people, worked in, that our representatives could determine them to be labeled as essential or non-essential. 
How many Americans thought the institutions that were entrusted with the education of their children would be indoctrinating them with corrosive, divisive, and sexualizing curriculum? This pandemic has awakened many of us to the fact that our government hates us. They really hate a united us. Now, a trusted leader can have more influence, which reduces the barriers they will encounter as they do their work. Greater influence means that a trusted leader is also able to implement changes that a less trustworthy leader might find difficult. The good news is building trust is not very difficult. In my experience, both in the Navy and in the private sector, in order to build trust, the leader simply needs to be consistent in their actions. Without consistency, people around you will not know what to expect and the followers or the employees will have to expend extra time and effort outside of their everyday normal lives and work-related tasks so they can watch the leader's every move. So if you are in a leadership position and need to build consistency, there are a few ways to do that. First, do what you say you are going to do. When a leader speaks, it is important to be able to have confidence in the honesty, truthfulness, and sincerity of the words. Trust is necessary to create the bond that provides a leader with a vehicle for success. Trust is the glue which binds the leader to their followers or their employees and provides the capacity for institutional, organizational, and leadership success. For elected officials that do what you say you're going to do, that means campaign promises. How often have we witnessed people running for office promising to do one thing and then turn around and do the opposite once they are in elected office? Doing what you say you're going to do also means following an oath. We have discussed oaths of office frequently on this program. I swore an oath to the Constitution as a young man and nowhere in that oath was an expiration date. That is one of the primary reasons why I'm continuing to stand in the arena to protect and defend that wonderful document. On oaths specifically, we have all been witness to how the members of the Tennessee General Assembly and the United States Congress violate their oaths, and quite frequently. So frequently, in fact, it is out of the norm when they actually do follow their oaths. We will explore the oaths of office of locally elected government officials in a future episode. So what's the next step in building trust? Well, that's to communicate openly and often. The openly part of that communication is really what is needed. Political speak, that language that politicians in the new aristocracy use, it is a completely different dialect that is used to confuse and hide the truth of what government is actually doing to us instead of for us. And thirdly, a leader not only has to talk the talk, but more importantly, walk the talk. The old saying, actions speak louder than words, is especially true when one is in a leadership position. A leader must ensure their words match their actions. This includes enforcement of and adherence to already established standards. What is the standard for our government in this country? Well, that would be the Constitution. So, focusing on those three aspects will build trust with followers. When a person in a leadership position, which means those people elected to positions of special trust, which is every elected office in our constitutional republic, 
from local government all the way up to the federal government, when those leaders speak, it is important to be able to have confidence in the honesty, truthfulness, and sincerity of those words. But how do we apply that to our political situation in our republic right now? Not only right now, but for generations now. You know, this brings to mind an episode of Face the Nation back in 2013 where Bob Schieffer, famous lefty journalist, stated this, quote, When the United States takes a position in the world and then goes back on its word, the world is left in a very dangerous place, unquote. Well, that also applies to any individual that serves in elected office regardless of their political affiliation. When they take a position and then they go back on their word, the local community, the county, the state, or the country is left in a very dangerous place. A place where constitutionally protected rights are transformed into privileges and privileges that government can decide to take away without due process. The actions by all levels of government for the past two plus years where they trampled on our inalienable self-evident rights clearly shows three things. First and foremost, and like I have been saying for nearly a year now, our government hates us. Secondly, it is apparent that our government just does not trust the average citizen to make decisions for themselves. And third, through their actions, they are rapidly losing the trust of the vast majority of citizens in our nation. It isn't just one side of the aisle either. It's both sides. The Democrat and Republican Party elites do not trust us. They do not trust that we can make decisions about how we want our government to operate. They have usurped our power in what is supposed to be our system of self-governance. They believe, as evidenced by their actions, that we cannot be trusted with decisions on how we take care of our health. The new aristocracy believes that we cannot be trusted to make our own consumer choices or that we cannot take care of the environment. Did you know the federal government owns 28% of the total land area of the United States of America? Why? Well, it's because they don't trust the people with land ownership. They also believe, and that's the government, not parents, the government knows best on how children are to be educated in our country. How is that working out for us? Math skills, for instance, in students all across the country have been stagnant or declining for decades. Why is that, you wonder? Maybe because schools are not focusing on mathematics at all, but they are focusing on curriculum that is corrosive, divisive, and sexualizing our children. Every law and regulation that government puts into place, remember, these regulations and laws, they are the flaky layers of a pastry that sit between you and I, the sovereign citizen, and the exercise of our rights. Every one of those layers puts government in control of the decision-making ability of we the people because they don't trust us to make the right decision. Oh, it is also because our apathy over the course of many generations now, we've allowed it to happen. And because we've lost trust in our government, we've lost trust in the electoral processes in our nation. Our government, the one that hates us, sees our apathy as trust in them and the processes they put forward. The government's useful idiots in the media are starting to say the quiet part out loud now with regard to exercising our constitutionally protected First Amendment rights. 
A former Fox News correspondent, Carl Cameron, is making the rounds in typical media useful idiot fashion after the Buffalo shooting. During an interview on Mad Cow's Russia, Russia, Russia network, he has suggested jailing people for spreading what he considers misinformation. Not actual misinformation like candidate Trump colluded with Russia to steal the 2016 election. That is actual misinformation. But what the communists consider misinformation, which is actually the truth about what they are doing to our constitutional republic. He specifically mentions Tucker Carlson and his show on Fox News. Go ahead and listen to what the commies' useful idiot had to say. Uh, yeah. it's, it really is kind of horrible to think that uh, journalists with national and international capacity are putting together this type of nonsense. I think the president did a great job. I wish he had done a lot of this a lot sooner, and we need a lot more from uh, the left and the middle. And uh, we got to watch out because the Republicans have become the purveyors of misinformation. And when our, our two-party system is broken like that, democracy is seriously in trouble. The president acknowledged that. It's time to actually start doing things and maybe taking some names and putting people in jail. That is so rich coming from him, isn't it? Especially in light of that network that he was on, their 24-7 coverage of one of the biggest political hoaxes in our nation's history. Which, by the way, the useful idiots in media are still giving cover fire for Hillary. A reporter by the name of Philip Bump, interesting, but anyway, he works for the equally tragic Washington Post. He tweeted out this week in response to the Sussman trial that revealed Hillary herself authorized spreading misinformation about the Trump-Russia hoax in 2016. He retweeted the GOP House Judiciary Committee's tweet, which stated, well, let me back it up a little bit here. The Washington Post ran with this headline from useful idiot Mr. Bump, quote, Again, there is no evidence Hillary Clinton trigged the Russia probe, unquote. The House GOP judiciary tweeted out a picture of that headline with the following, quote, Hillary Clinton approved the dissemination of the Trump Alpha Bank's hoax, unquote. In the tweet, they also called out Mr. Bump's headline and the obvious misinformation and left-wing bias based upon testimony that is going on in the trial right now. I guess it is a good thing that the Biden administration's Ministry of Truth has been put on pause, right? They had to with the Sussman trial going on because the useful idiot misinformation about what is actually going on in that trial would require action. The useful idiots in the media are also losing the trust of the American public and for good reason. Their lies and their bias have turned them into the propaganda arm of the Communist Party. The American people have lost their trust in our government and our media. And the same thing applies to the political parties. George Washington had more to say about political parties in his farewell address that we have not covered before. It is this, and when discussing the spirit of party, he had this to say, quote, serves always to distract the public councils and enfeeble the public administration. It agitates the community with ill-founded jealousies and false alarms kindles the animosity of one part against another, foments occasionally riot and insurrection, unquote. Our first president had some awesome foresight, didn't he? You can see this happening all over the country right now, especially that term insurrection, right? 
You might think that I am referring to the riots in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th, 2021. Well, I'm not. A lot of what occurred there was just misdemeanor trespassing. What the useful idiots in the media, at the urging of their masters in the Communist Party, what they are trying to erase from the national memory is the fact that a large portion of those people inside the Capitol building were, now get this, they were invited in by the police. They want you to disbelieve the evidence of that captured on video. When I say insurrection, I'm referring to what has been happening outside the homes of Supreme Court justices recently. People whipped into a frenzy by the party that is the cult of death in our nation. People encouraged by the Communist Party leadership and their useful idiots in the media to break the law because they see a Supreme Court decision coming that they don't like. Hundreds of people screaming, marching, carrying signs outside the homes of the Supreme Court justices. This is a felony, not misdemeanor trespassing. 18 U.S. Code Section 1507 states this, quote, Whoever, with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice, or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer, in the discharge of his duty, pickets or parades in or near a building housing a court of the United States, or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer, or with such intent uses any sound truck or similar device, or resorts to any other demonstration in or near any such building or residence, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year or both. Nothing in this section shall interfere with or prevent the exercise by any court of the United States of its power to punish for contempt. Unquote. That, ladies and gentlemen, is an insurrection enabled and promoted by the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Before departing her position, Dementia Joe's former press secretary had this to say about the felony behavior. Give it a listen. So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. And we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position, and that's the president's position. What do you think of that? Especially in light of what the code says, the pertinent part of the code that says, near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge. It is the installed president of the United States of America's position that people violate that law. Imagine the outrage if this had come from former President Trump's press secretary stating that it, it was his position that people violate the law. For goodness sake, the commies and trans publicans passed articles of impeachment because he stated publicly at the rally, and I quote here, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard today, unquote. He later followed that up with a couple of tweets that stated, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They truly are on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. He also tweeted out that he was asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful, no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue, thank you. Not any violation of law there. No inciting a riot there. Peaceful, used a few times. No violence. 
yet he was impeached. And now our ice cream connoisseur commander-in-chief and his former press secretary actually take the position that people should commit a felony. And what's happening there? Has the Attorney General of the United States rounded these people up and locked them in isolation in the D.C. prison system? Nope. Absolute diddly squat coming from that useless piece of human garbage. We really dodged a bullet with the Senate not confirming him to the Supreme Court, didn't we? That's just another example of how the new aristocracy, which is made up of the elites in the GOP and DNC, pits us all against each other, creating a two-tiered system of justice, eroding our trust in the institution put into place to protect our rights. They are betraying the trust of all law-abiding citizens. At least the ones that still exercise critical thinking because we know the useful idiots of the Communist Party will never see the irony of that situation. This elitism has boiled down to, or quite possibly boiled up from, the state political parties, if we look to the Tennessee Republican Party as an example. And in some cases, it now appears that elitism is boiling down to the local level, specifically at the school boards. We really need to pay attention, folks. The time for allowing government to operate in the shadows, behind their political speak, is over. When you look around at how much government control and regulation has invaded our daily lives, the time for non-involvement has come to an end. Every one of us must get involved. They do not trust us, we the people, and we certainly no longer trust them. The solution is to replace all of them with people we can trust. In closing this week, I would like to leave you all with this from God's Word. And it comes to us from Psalms 49.6. They trust in their wealth and boast of great riches. Our national leadership, those people in elected office, no longer trust in the constitutional principles that form the basis of our republic. They trust in the wealth, power, and influence that serving in elected office brings to them, especially at the national level. Look at the wealth the longest serving members of Congress have accumulated while serving in office. That wealth which comes from our sweat equity. Except for the useful idiots in our nation that have blind trust in the new aristocracy, is it any wonder why the average American no longer trusts government? The level of trust for the institution created to protect the rights of citizens has been on the decline for many years now. The level of trust that many conservatives like myself have in the political party that used to best represent conservative constitutional principles, that's taken a beating as well. Because the government, filled primarily with adherence to the two major political parties and not followers of the constitution, they have destroyed the trust of the citizens they are supposed to represent. For the most part, they do not do what they say they are going to do. They do not communicate the truth of what is going on behind the scenes. When they do communicate, in the words of a well-known conservative I listen to, they are telling us a story, not the story. They most assuredly do not walk the talk that trusted leadership needs to do. Again, 
That is why our nation needs a change. Well, not really a change, but a restoration to trusted servant leadership at the federal, state, and local levels. That is why I am running to represent Tennessee House of Representatives District 12. It is also why I'm running as an independent constitutional conservative. Elected leadership and political party leadership are no longer trusted. They cannot be trusted to keep the reins of power in our constitutional republic. I will put in the work to earn and maintain the trust of people that send me to Nashville to represent their interests, those of a free and sovereign people. Until next week, Stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.